All right, we are live on Facebook. The time now is 6.49. Viewers, thank you so much for being a part of this extended conversation this evening. We are having our Get Out the Vote 2020 discussion this evening. We are talking to our candidates ahead of Tuesday's runoff election. I am reporting from a special location, as you <laughs> have noticed all evening. I am here at Mandisha Thomas's home. I'm here in her kitchen. She <laughs> is running for state representative, District 65. And she started out this evening's conversation in connecting the dots of government. And in our second half, we had Fulton DA, Paul Howard join us. And now we have the pleasure of having Judge Tamika Habrowski Houston join us. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thank you for having me. Yes. So now that we have you, we have had an opportunity to talk to our state representative candidate. Okay. We've had an opportunity to talk to our Fulton County DA. And now we'd like to learn about your position. Talk about being a judge in Fulton County and what that entails. Well, right now I am sitting as a Superior Court judge by designation. That means I was okay. appointed to carry out the duties of an elected Superior Court judge without the election. That's the part I'm trying to take care of now. And I was appointed um, specifically to the family division where we handle domestic relations cases and protective order cases. Domestic relations cases such as divorce, custody, paternity, legitimation, and then protective orders where you fear for your safety, either from family violence or from um, episodes of stalking. So those are the, the particular cases that I was called in and appointed to handle as a superior court judge by designation uh, in, my, in my current position. I see. So for those who have not had to come to your courtroom, mm -hmm. why should it matter to them? Well, Superior Court is, as particularly Fulton County Superior Court, is the largest trial court in the state of Georgia. Superior Court is pretty much where if anything is going on with you, where you're required to appear in court, it will probably end up being in Superior Court. They, Superior Court handles serious felony crimes. It handles the domestic relations cases I mentioned. It handles if there's a property dispute and your neighbor's on your, you know, over too far in your yard, you're going to go to Superior Court for property disputes. If there's a wrongful death action or a serious personal injury, you'll go to, to Superior Court. Like the mask with um, the mask issue with the, the governor and the mayor that went to Superior Court. Mm -hmm. Election issues that's going to go to Superior Court. So the fact that they have such a broad range of issues that they are able to address jurisdictionally, that's why it's so important that you go and you, you make sure that your superior court, um, your superior court judges are able to have the knowledge, the, the, the experience that's necessary to make the intelligent decisions on that broad range of legal issues that come before them every single day. Understood. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to get into uh, 
deeper questions, but we want to know about you. Share with us your background. Who is Tamika? So I am, um, I'm an attorney. Well, I've been an attorney for 27 years. My legal experience has spanned that long. And I have held positions from um, prosecutor to federal agency counsel to special assistant United States attorney to criminal defense attorney to solo practitioner. Um, I was recently named the 2020 Georgia super lawyer. Um, but again, I am all of this and I am still on the bench as well, handling my cases every day. I don't get in the car post COVID and drive down to the courthouse to hear my cases. I come down the hall, put on my robe and get in front of the computer to hear my cases. Um, so basically my, my legal experience has been so broad um, in terms of the types of cases, both civil and criminal cases that I've handled varying, varying levels of complexity. I've handled jury trials um, and criminal cases on things, covering things from theft all the way to capital murder. So I have held pretty much every role in the courthouse, in, in, in the courtroom rather. And so that broad range of experience um, is what uh, helps me and uniquely qualifies me for this position in light of the variety of cases that I just mentioned that Superior Court handles. In, in the course of my career and while being on the bench, I have touched and experienced probably just about everything that there is to come through the courthouse doors. And, and that's really good. You certainly have the <laughs> vote of confidence for, from someone because you were uh, designated for yes. this position. Yes. So share with us how that process okay. uh, came to be. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's funny that I am running for the seat that is being vacated by Judge Constance C. Russell. She was appointed okay. back in 96. She's an amazing jurist, amazing. And when I was appointed, I came in for the interview and it was the panel. I walked into this room and there's this long table and it's comprised of the judges that are in the family division, um, those four judges, as well as the heads of organizations that are affected by family law issues, some of the bar associations, safe families, thing, volunteer lawyers foundation, and they're all there and we have this interview. And Judge Russell is actually one of the interviewers because I was appointed to be her ju judicial officer. So I was wow. appointed to sit by designation for her. Okay. So it was it, it, that that whole, you know, vote of confidence that here you can do you you, you can do the job um, and I trust you with these cases that are being assigned because the, the general precept is one, you know, one family, one judge in family okay. division so that you can kind of track the cases. And okay. while the elected judges rotate out every two years, family four cases are mine. And when they rotate out, I stay with them. Okay. So as I, even if another judge rotates in, that that family still comes in, and this is the one judge that they see. <laughs> I see. That's and that that's a good thing. I would that's imagine good. that that sometimes there may be times where families have to make the visit multiple times. Right. Unfortunately, to, yes. to and office. sometimes it's just circumstances. It's not all. It's not all mm -hmm. bad. <laughs> okay. Not okay. Bad. Understood. So tell us and help us to understand 
uh, your judicial philosophy. Okay, I got you. Um, my judicial philosophy, it's simple um, in that the litigants that come before me, they are going to be met with the judge that is neutral, that is knowledgeable, that is respectful. I came onto the bench believing wholeheartedly and, and now that I'm on the bench, I, I know it for certain that people just want to be heard sometimes. They just want to, to, mm -hmm. to ensure that they are fully heard. So when you come before me, I ensure that you are fully heard, you have my undivided attention, and you are treated with respect by me and my staff and anyone else in the courtroom because you're already in there at a time when nobody really likes to come to court. <laughs> so you're dealing with people sometimes at low points in their lives, so you don't need to add to that in, in any way. So I'm mindful of that. And so with that, that's what you come into my courtroom and see neutral, knowledgeable, respectful. That's wonderful. And might I say, let, let me say two things. One, I want to congratulate you going back to uh, the recent uh, designation that you received. Um, and just hearing you talk, I, ha I have to pause everyone you are inspiring. So yes, you are, you are. And I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. So I would love to know, uh, just take, just diverting just for a moment. Who inspired you? So growing up, I got to see, you know, the legal system, the good, the good parts and the bad parts. And uh, my dad, he was injured at work, got to see how he was made whole through that whole thing and, and getting his surgeries and having to go back and forth uh, to at the at the time. Now I know it was probably mediation and not necessarily court, but it just looked like the courthouse to me at the time. Okay. And um, he had an employment discrimination case and, it, you know, it didn't it didn't go well. I don't feel like he was treated fairly because of just what was going on and what I could see at the house, what was going on and him coming home. And mm -hmm. then um, he also was a witness to police brutality in Chicago. And he was, you know, threatened and harassed not to testify and all that, but he stood up and he did. And he got, he helped to get justice for the widow of that, that guy who was killed. And so just being able to, to look at that, I said, okay, I see the law can help you. Sometimes people don't use it right. So I, I felt like I wanted to be able to use the law to help people to, to leave them better than when I, I met them. Because seeing my dad, um, you know, get justice for his injury and things like that, as an attorney, it made me fight. That's what makes me fight so hard for my clients. And now as a judge, that, that's what makes me listen so hard and be so mindful of the rulings that I'm giving out and how it's affecting people and impacting people's lives far, far beyond what we just see right there in the courtroom. It, they have mm -hmm. far reaching consequences. Right. Because how you interact with people at that matters. Right. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yes. So that, that's you. really good. <laughs> Question. Yes. You. Have you, when, when people go to court, normally they don't get, if they're talking about their experience at court, Mm -hmm. Is it usually, so I went in and that statute just was not applied properly and that rule was not followed, that standard of proof, mm -mm, it was just not applied. No, what you hear, no. that judge did not listen to me. 
that judge was not paying attention. She was mm-hmm. not fair. She wasn't even, she wasn't checking for my argument. None of, and that's what you hear. So I think you have to address that. Right. And because then that changes how people view exactly. coming to court. Exactly. And how yes. they're treated and how they're treated. Mm-hmm. If I can sit there and you know for a fact that I have listened to you, given you my undivided attention, I have asked you questions, I have allowed you to get your point out. It's right. so much harder to say, well, she just wasn't fair to me because she wasn't listening to me because I did. And and I I I made sure you knew that I was listening to you. I've even right. had people tell me there was a guy in a legitimation and um, after it was over, he wanted the, the moon and the stars and I, I could give him some of the sky and that was it. And, <laughs> but he stayed after okay. and he said, I appreciate you, Judge. I didn't get what I wanted. He said, but I know that you, he said, I know that you listened to me though, because you asked real good questions. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And, and that's what you want. <laughs> and that, but that's what you want. So, you know, and that is, now he can run, he can go out and tell the next guy who's coming in mm-hmm. to try to legitimate his child and do the right thing. That it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be so bad. It's not going to be what you think. And, and, and people are encouraged to come in. I think that, I think that's important. I think that's very important. Right. And and the fact that you go by the golden rule uh, that is it really leaves an impact on (laughs) on people. Right. So you've explained beautifully why people should vote for you. (laughs) (laughs) But for those who may have missed the memo so far, why should people vote for you for Fulton County Superior Court judge? I mean, to plainly, I have the broadest range of legal experience coupled with my judicial experience. It just, it has given me the experience, the knowledge, the work ethic, and my judicial temperament has developed to the point where I have exact, I am, I am uniquely equipped to address just the variety and volume of cases that come into Fulton County Superior Court. I was on another form and we did a lot about criminal cases and the felony case, serious felony cases and all that. And that's great. And and that we do handle those. Mm -hmm. But the family law, the domestic relations caseload is so large, it makes up over 60% of the caseload. And so you have to have somebody who is doing that type of work. And I'm doing that work Mm -hmm. every day. I literally would be the, per, the the candidate that once elected, I would be doing the exact same work because the newest newest judges normally rotate into family division. So I would literally go from one side of judges hallway to the other with my things, just walk across and move. And I'm doing the same work. So I would be ready to go day one. And even in the eventuality that I did rotate into um, just general handling criminal and civil. My background is so broad. So again, I have touched on just about every issue that could potentially come through the courthouse. So day one, I am ready to hit the ground running. Right. You are very experienced. And that that makes me feel good as a resident of Fulton County. So thank you so much for your service there. And I find that very interesting that more than half of the cases are family law. So once 
you are in place after the election? Is that one of your top priorities that you plan to address immediately? In terms of the family law cases? Yes. Again, this was um, Judge Thelma White Cummins Moore. She was part of a, a okay. group, Vincent F. Tipton Lane, a group who came up with and developed the, the family division which takes those four judges, okay. instead of being assigned family, criminal, just a mixed docket, family, criminal, civil, these mm -hmm. judges only have family law cases. And then they're assigned a judicial officer, which is my current role as a judge, to assist with getting those cases through the system and resolved because you don't want people who are going through family issues to kind of languish there. You, they need their issues resolved. We're talking about children here. We're talking about families and, and the home. So we need to have those addressed. Um, and so that process was put in place. So with that family division, you have four judges that are assigned there. They volunteer or it's either the most senior and the, the, the most junior, the newest. So, and if by, if by some, you know, for some reason, somebody wants to volunteer, then maybe I wouldn't go in. But just generally, I would rotate into family division and, and continue doing what I do every day, even post-COVID now. <laughs> so Okay, wonderful. And, and it's really good that you are passionate about what it is that you do and that you are wanting to make a difference in uh, the lives of all who come through your doors. Absolutely. So, that's that's wonderful. So share with us how residents can can get involved. Of course, you know, there's uh, an opportunity for uh, everyone to go to the polls on Absolutely. Tuesday. But is there also a volunteers uh, group uh, or something of the sort as it relates to uh, family law or or? Is there anything else that can be done other than to just go to the polls? So um, we're going to the polls. Very important. Very important. We're in these runoffs. You, your voice was heard initially in the general, but you got to come back to have your choice elected. You have to come back. There's one more day tomorrow of early voting and then Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I let that. Okay. We've done that. But yes. <laughs> now I do have a special place in my heart. This isn't even my, my court. Okay. But I used to, I, I would handle appointed cases. I would take pro bono cases representing uh, children and parents in juvenile court. And they have a program called okay. the CASA program, the Court Appointed Special Advocate Program. And they are looking for volunteers all of the time. And you go through a training and you are there to um, act as a li liaison if there's a child who needs to be placed or there's a custody issue. And you go out and you talk to the family, you talk to the child, you talk to teachers, and you get to kind of assist the court with gathering information. So though, okay. that, that's something that is just near and dear to my heart because it's such a great program and they have such great people that do it because you have to be a special person to, to, to devote that kind of time and care. Um, and then as far as in superior court, um, people... People talk about the transparency and things like that. Um, you can come into the courthouse and court watch any day of the week. You can go into any of those court courtrooms 
and watch what's going on and watch your elected officials and see what they're doing, you know, see how things are going in these courtrooms. So I, I encourage people to do that because that's another way that kind of the, the, the stigma and the perception of how the judges are with people, that, that's another way to kind of to break through that and see that we are people. Now we are tasked, it's a tough job because we are tasked with these, making these decisions for people. And I tell people all the time, I don't necessarily want to make the decision for your life. I, you know yourself and your situation better than anyone, but you're here. And if I have to, I absolutely will. And I want them to understand that in doing that, I don't take that lightly at all. I don't take it lightly. I don't take the responsibility for granted either. So people can get involved just by coming out to, to see what's going on, asking questions. If you have an organization that you're a part of and things like that, invite a judge out. See if you can ask some questions. We can't give, you know, you can't ask us a hypothetical, how would we rule about things? But you can ask generally about the court process and things like that. And now I will say one of my goals is to increase the accessibility of the courts and make it more public friendly and just educate people on the resources that are there and things like that. So there are, there are definitely opportunities to get involved. It's for court appointed special advocate, CASA, C-A-S-A. I see. Okay. So that's one way for people to get involved. Okay. And also the uh, going to uh, court watch. That's the second way right. that people can right. get involved. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just, just Wonderful. Go, go down there, pick a courtroom, go sit down. <laughs> okay. That's great. So you've heard it here first. If you'd like to get involved above and beyond going to the polls on Tuesday, then those are another two opportunities right. to get involved. Yes. And so uh, before we joined, before we we uh, joined with uh, Judge Houston, we were talking about behind the scenes Murphy's Law. And so to our <laughs> viewers, I want to thank you for hanging in here with us this evening, because as Murphy Law suggests, anything that could go wrong will go wrong. But we have <laughs> we have persevered this evening and yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with you this evening, same here, Judge same Houston. Here. And <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now I have one last question for you. You mm -hmm. talked about how you got, uh, how you became an, an attorney, where that love and passion mm -hmm. uh, stemmed from, but talk about how you became a judge. What, what was the decision to go that route? Well, so in pursuing my, my current appointment, um, I'll say, I'll start with this. It's not those lovely, flexible okay. hours where I get to enjoy such work-life balance because that's not what the job, what comes with this job. Um, but I just simply, I love my job. I, I love what I do. As I sit on that bench, I truly believe that I am living out my purpose because in coming onto the bench, I wanted to help people, leave them better off than when I met them and all that. And like I said, seeing what my dad went through. As an attorney, I fought harder. Now as a judge, I get to listen harder. I get to be the judge that I wish he had had. I get to be the judge that I wished I had had with some clients 
as I practice. So that that's kind of, you know, why I am, am wanting to get on the bench as an elected judge, because I, I get to have an even broader impact um, in, in being on the bench, because I believe that the whole public service, I am cognizant that I am a public servant. The voters put me in my position and I want to make them proud of their vote for me. Not just my family, my parents, my husband, my, my siblings, but the voters who have put their support and trust in putting me on that bench. I want them to be proud of that vote when they walk out of the polls tomorrow or Tuesday and all throughout my term up until re-election when it's time to put me back in there. I want them to be proud of that vote and say, yeah, I did the right thing. Yes. Well, you've heard it here first. Tuesday is an important day and we have to make sure that everyone goes out and votes for uh, the runoff election. Exactly. So Judge Houston, thank you so much for you. your time. You. And yes, absolutely. And anytime that there's anything that you'd like to discuss, please feel free to come back on to our platform so that we can have that discussion. Absolutely, absolutely. That goes both ways. You too. Okay, wonderful. I, I will take you up on that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. And to our viewers, we're going to take another five minute break and we will be right back. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.